no institution, no organization, no ministry, no person could take credit for the Jesus movement. Only Jesus. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast today. We're so excited. We hope that each week that you're tuning in and learning some things about revival, hearing some real-time stories, and that it does something in your prayer lives. And so this, I'm Kyle Reno. This is Bill Eliff. It's our honor to host this time, and, and Lord willing, it's a real help uh, to you. And I'm excited about this little mini-series, honestly, Bill, God's yeah. put on your heart, and to really show us some of the things that lead to the a real move of God. And mm-hmm. we see played out in the Jesus movement. And then you shared last week, and I know you shared this week, some of the non-negotiables that, that play out in a real move of God. Yeah, you know, uh, I love talking about the Jesus movement because I was there. Right. And I, I can't think of anything that shaped my life more than being in moments of the manifest presence of God. And you know, it's interesting, when we began One Cry, which was 10 years ago uh, that we started this initiative, um, we got... 50 leaders in a room at the Atlanta airport to spend a day talking about this. Uh, Byron Paulus, who was the founder of One Cry, went around that circle and asked those 50 men, when did God put a passion for revival and awakening in your life? And these were men that you would recognize their names. Almost to a man, every one of those said it was during the Jesus movement. And and so God was preparing men and raising up men, and he has this preparatory work. We talked about this last time, that God, if you look, study history, and you study the, the 10 to 12 years before a, a, a national awakening, you see this pattern of some things that happen. We saw last week that God starts raising up voices. And men who have a message of repentance and judgment and and the call for revival and a return to Christ. And we see those voices raising up all across our country right now. And not only are their voices raised, but desperation begins to happen. And I think we haven't had a period of what I would call anarchy in our nation quite like we're having right now. The only other time in my lifetime this has happened is in the 60s that led right up to the Jesus movement. So things got so dark and so uh, rebellious across our country that people just got desperate and they started crying out. And there was a new movement of prayer that happened just like it's happening right now. Now, there's something else. We're looking kind of at the life of John the Baptist and how he prepared the way You know, he said, pull down the high places, lift up the low places, and prepare a highway for our God. Isaiah had said that. John the Baptist was now saying it. A third thing that always seems to happen before a coming moment of revival and awakening is repentance is restored. So here's how Mark 1.5 says this during John the Baptist's day. All the country of Judea was going out to him 
and all of the people of Jerusalem, and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River. Now look at this, confessing their sins, confessing their sins. So suddenly a movement started happening. And it wasn't just a few people. It's, it uses the word all. All these people were coming out to John the Baptist, and they were recognizing that they'd been going in a wrong direction. And, and they were openly confessing that. Well, that, there's a word for that in the Bible. It's called repentance. It's called repentance. Repentance is having such a change of mind that it results in a change of action. It's not just thinking badly about your sins. It's turning from your sins, to repent, to turn from your sin. Uh, and in times of revival, we see repentance happening. We see confession. By the way, can I just give you a little little uh, parentheses in your churches? Uh, don't be afraid of public confession. There are moments. We're going to see one later in one of our podcasts, Nehemiah chapter 9, one of the greatest revivals in history. All the people came and openly confessed their sins before God. Uh, confession is when we finally see our sin like God sees it, and we say about our sin what God says about our sin so that we can turn back and pursue him. Just think of this great revival verse that we know in Second uh, Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and think badly about their sins, I'll hear and forgive and heal their land. Is that what it says? If, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and point at the government and how the government is ruining our lives, then I'll hear. That's not what he says. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So repentance is absolutely necessary. And let me just pause right here and ask a very personal question. Are you turning? Are, 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 you, are you walking more distantly from Christ than you were a year ago? During this COVID year, when, when all kinds of challenges came to our churches and our nation, did it turn you towards Christ or away from Christ? Are you bitter or are you better? Have you seen your sin and your need for Christ so much that it's caused you to just in humility say, Lord, it's me. Uh, I need you and I need you desperately. And our church uh, needs you and needs you desperately. So when we're getting ready to see a move of God, voices are going to be raised up and the message of repentance is going to be preached, and repentance is going to begin to be restored. People are going to see their sin and see how far away they are from God. And then here's a fourth thing. Unity begins to build. All the people listened. Mark 1.5, same period with John the Baptist. All the country of Judea was going out to him, and all the people of Jerusalem. Now, I believe the Bible is very specific and clear. Words really matter to God. And when he says all, I kind of think it means all. So 
there was this huge movement before Jesus came came uh, as the Messiah. And the movement was that people started repenting and coming back to God and being baptized for the remission of their sins. And, and they all were doing that together. There was this incredible uh, theme that was happening, and everybody recognized it. Uh, can I tell you something that happened to me last week, and it just hit me over a four-day period? On a Sunday night recently, I was asked to come down to one of our cities uh, here in central Arkansas and to lead in a stadium a countywide uh, prayer meeting for revival and spiritual awakening. Now, 10 years ago, nobody asked me to do that, but now I'm being asked all the time to do that. The next day, I came to a meeting here in Little Rock where many of us were involved and helping to lead a statewide Monday night and Tuesday morning till noon time of hundreds of pastors and leaders coming together to pray for one thing, revival and spiritual awakening in our nation. So first it was this county. The next day it was the state. I left that meeting to catch a plane to go to, to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, to sit with 40 leaders to talk about how can we help uh, stimulate a national movement of prayer in our particular denomination. So it's just interesting to me. Here on the, here's the county. Here's the state. Here's the nation. I just happen to be involved in, in all three of those events over four days. Now, what is happening? Unity is building. We're all recognizing what we're doing is not working. We desperately need God, and we need to unite together in crying out in, in prayer, in spiritual awakening. And, and, and Kyle, before the Jesus movement, mm -hmm. I watched this happen. Right. I just watched it, all these movements. I mean, mm. in the Jesus movement was a historic moment when Billy Graham called uh, for students all over the nation. 100,000 students right. Right. got in the Dallas Cowboys Texas Stadium mm. and cried out to God for several mm. days. Now, mm. you know, what is that? Right. Who could do that? Who could yeah. organize that? Yeah, only God. Only God. Well, and you say it's unity around the same outcome, right? For you know, one purpose, one purpose. Like it ain't about my church. It's yeah. not. It's not about our even denominational lines mm -hmm. sort of disappear. You right. know, that's the main thing. We need God to move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna forget all these secondary things, stylistic things, right. and we're gonna get desperate together mm -hmm. for a real move of God. And God, you just gotta. You, sometimes I have to stop and just. Think of him as a father. Mm -hmm. I think if he finds a hundred thousand people mm -hmm. looking up, saying, yeah. "Please come," well, he's coming. Yeah, yeah. I've often said, you know, I've got eight kids, and and if they all, if one of them says, "Dad, can we go get ice cream?" <laughs> I can brush that off. But when all eight of them they and they did you. this like a thousand times, <laughs> would jump on me and sure. say, "Ice cream, ice cream." Yeah, we all scream for, for ice cream. cream. We're going to get ice cream. Sure. And and I I love doing that. Yeah, sure. you know I loved responding to something that would bless my children. Yeah, and the, and that you know, you know them, mm -hmm. and you and you want to bless them with your presence, and mm -hmm. also just in provision right. in a real way. And, and but we got to do it God's way. Yeah. And so we we're here, and we always try to do this in our One Cry podcast. 
to share some revival truths mm. and then get some real stories. Yeah. Some real stories that build our faith. So right now, again, in this podcast, we want to take some time to hear from a saint mm-hmm. that's been on the front line of the move of God for a long time. Yeah. A real story of what God has done in the past that will build our faith even for the future. Let's listen to it. Well, we are so thrilled today to have one of my dearest friends, uh, Sammy Tippett, with us. And uh, you've heard from Sammy before as he talked about the Romanian revival and repentance as as it's related to that movement. Uh, But what some of you may not know is that Sammy's spiritual life was really birthed in the Jesus movement. And uh, Sammy has a worldwide ministry that God has used the last 40, 50 years in an astounding way. But that came, uh, Sammy, out of, the, out of the Jesus Movement days. And we just want to hear your testimony so that it can build our faith to believe what could God can do again. And also uh, just remind us that God often starts on a college campuses and with students. And I know he did that with you. So tell us a little bit of your a little bit of your story about those days in the early 70s. Yeah, actually, the Jesus movement really burst on the scene 1970, I think, is when the, the real outpouring that you begin to see. But it but there was a lot of preparation spiritually taking place that nobody knew about prior to that. And uh, I, in 1965, I was a freshman at LSU. And um, I was going there. I was empty. Uh, the Vietnam War was raging. Um, I was like a lot of young people didn't have, didn't have any purpose in life to know what life was all about. And then I heard a young man speak about Jesus. And that night I gave my heart to Christ and, and immediately now I was from a totally secular background and, you know, didn't go to church, you know, didn't have a lot of background of biblically or anything, but Christ came into my life and and I was changed, so I had no background, which was good and bad in a lot of ways. But I, I just totally was, you know, Jesus had saved me. And I started what was called um, the East Baton Rouge Parish Youth Movement. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we were, uh, so I, I, here I was, a student at LSU, saying, hey, Jesus is coming to my heart. I want all my friends to know. And I had been president of the East Baton Rouge Parish Youth Council when I was in high school. So all the uh, student body leaders had come together from our city, and, and I was the president of that group. And, and so I just thought, well, let's do this for Jesus. <laughs> you know? And that was kind of the attitude. And, and prayer was, was also special during that time because uh, I, nobody taught me this, but we just started meeting. I, I led a couple of my friends to Christ, and we started meeting at the state capitol building there at Baton Rouge. And we would get up early in the morning and we would meet there and we would get apart from each other and memorize scripture and read a certain passage, come back, share what God was speaking to us. And then we would pray and God would do things. And so uh, my, my my first place to preach evangelistically was in a nightclub, you know, and, I, we, and they came out of that prayer meeting. We were praying and God told us to go across the river and preach in a nightclub. So this was kind of the spirit that was taking place. This was prior to the real outbreak of, of God's work. So God was working. Now I'm just one person, but now you have to imagine in California at Asbury and in Kentucky and all over the country, God's stirring in the hearts of students and, and young people 
all over America, just preparing for a great move of his spirit. In 1970, I was in Monroe, Louisiana, and I was asked to preach at a at, the, at a youth event and, um, and, and at a little church, Baptist church there in Monroe. And uh, they had a student group, that a singing group that was going to come and provide the music. And so uh, the pastor said, you know, all the young people have left the church. Nobody's interested. I want you to come preach. So I met with the young people before we did that. And I talked to them to see what kind of interest. And man, there were maybe three young people who showed up. So there was no interest whatsoever. And, uh, and the pastor was a real man of prayer. And he said, Sammy, I've been praying and God's going to do something. Well, this was, by the way, this was February of 1970 that this happened. And that month is a very critical and important month. And, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But I, I preached that first night, nothing happened. Second night, a man who was leading the young people in his church got on his face, confessed sin, confessed to the church. He had failed the young people, and, and God just came in that moment and took over. And every one of those singers from the university fell on their faces, and they, they got right with God. And, and it was just a, a move of the Spirit. And there were only about 25, 30 people there, but, but God moved among that 25 or 30 people. The next night, the church was packed. The next night, there wasn't enough room. By Sunday, it was the largest attendance in the history of that church. We had to move out of the church building on the college campus. And on the college campus, the first building wouldn't hold the people. We moved into another. And students were standing up on at, 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 at that time, it was called Northeastern. Now it's called University of Louisiana at Monroe that people probably from sports events would know. But but students in class would stand up and just start sharing testimonies of what God was doing in their lives. Well, this thing grew until we ended up in the Civic Center in, in Monroe. Now, this was no, no publicity, no, I mean, this was a 2530 meeting starting in the beginning. And now here we were in the Civic Center. Uh, racial divisions were, were you know, that, that were there. Students who were fighting one another came together, came to Christ and came together and schools that had been closed were reopened. And, and the headlines of the Monroe paper was about the revival on wow. the front page. <laughs> and so God moved. Well, I didn't know it, but at that same time, there were some other things that were taking place. At Asbury College, there were students who had been meeting, praying for revival in the same month, the same time frame, the spirit of God fell on Asbury. And students uh, began to stand up and give testimony, and a, and a chapel service that was supposed to last 45 minutes ended up going seven days and seven nights without stop. Simultaneous to that happening, there was a guy in California by the name of Arthur Blessed, and God spoke to him and told him to walk across America carrying a cross and calling America back to God. <clears throat> well, this just, I mean, this just exploded. And, and uh, we had at, at the student at, at the campus there at Monroe uh, on the university campus, we had a little coffee house and we turned it into a prayer house. Yeah. And so day and night, 24 hours, there were students just coming there and praying and seeking the face of God. And, and my wife and I were, I mean, everybody was just a part of this. Thing. I mean, we were just praying, seeking God all, all, all night, all day during this time. 
and, and the Lord spoke to me and said, just take a wheelbarrow, fill it with Bibles, and use the Bible as your symbol. As Arthur was going across the north, the Lord put on our hearts to go through the south as the Bible belt and, and call people back to the word of God. And so uh, <laughs> there were seven of us. Some of the students who were in this singing group joined us. There was a girl who was the most notorious drug dealer in, in the whole uh, area and was facing 30 years of prison. The, the judge uh, released her to my wife and I uh, to our custody. And, and then and there was a, a hard rock drum, drummer who had come to Christ. And he said, we wanna, I want to join you. And so <clears throat> there were seven of us. And we walked across America from through the South and went to mostly the SEC uh, type of uh, campuses and preached on those campuses and saw God work mightily. You know, Sammy, I just, I just can't handle this story. It's just so phenomenal. And, and what I want you to tell us in a minute, I know when you got to Georgia, you had an extraordinary experience, uh, but you had experiences all the way along, but something you just said uh, two or three times is we didn't know it unbeknownst to me, you know, and I, I think it's symbolic of revival history that when real uh, a real spiritual awakening begins to happen across a nation, it's not just happening with you. It's happening. I know on the campus right at that exact same time on the campus where I was in Arkansas, there are a group of us that were praying all night long every night, you know, yeah. and coming together and praying. And it broke out one day in a chapel and they canceled classes and and all of that. And so that was just God you know, has been, was orchestrating this for the decade before bringing all this together to an ignition point. And then, and then it just exploded. And it's just so beautiful that we, I think for us to say right now, you know, we, we may see little pockets of things, but we ought to be encouraged because those little pockets are happening all across the nation. So, so here you go, you and your wife Tex and a bunch of crazies going across the the southeast and you end up in georgia and you were going to these sec schools tell us tell us that story it's just incredible well the vietnam war was raging and there was a terrible tragedy that took place at kent state university and uh national guardsmen shot students and killed students right and 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 riots broke out across america and right at that time that that happened we had our wheelbarrow. And by the way, we'd push the wheelbarrow. We'd hand out Bibles and, and people would come and donate more Bibles and we'd give away Bibles. And God just kept filling our wheelbarrow with Bibles. And so we, we came into Athens, Georgia, where the University of Georgia is located and came up with our little wheelbarrow filled with Bibles when riots broke out on the campus. Just as the riots were breaking out here, we show up. And so there were a couple of groups, student groups that uh, saw us and they said, would you join us for, in praying for God to move? And so we had an all night prayer meeting and, uh, and, and then we made posters saying real pieces in Jesus. And, and the next day students had taken over the administration building and, and they were threatening to burn down. Uh, I, I think it was the ROTC building there. And so, I mean, it was, it was a very, very tense situation at that time. And so the sort of radical students were on a platform and they were yelling, let's burn it down, you know, and all of this. And so students, my, my wife and others and our team and the other students from the campus groups, 
were passing out gospel pamphlets throughout the crowd. And I went up on the stage and I was passing out gospel pamphlets on the stage. And one of the speakers was yelling, let's burn it down. Let's burn it down. And when he finished and everybody was shouting, he, he turned around and I was right behind him and he thought I was the next speaker. So he hands me the microphone. <laughs> and so I said, Oh Lord, what do I do now? And so oh, amazing I, coincidence. Yeah, and I said, ladies and gentlemen, there will be no peace in America. And everyone, yeah. And I said, until we have the Prince of peace in our hearts, it was like dead silence. And no one knew what to say. And, there, and I preached the gospel and, and, and it was just like, total silence. I was expecting the rocks and, but, but no one didn't. I mean, everybody was in like a state of shock. Like, how did he get in here? And, and so the next guy who followed me got up and said, well, I just have one question. What would Jesus do if he were here? And the, the, the thing turned from burning down the administration building to what would Jesus do? And uh, so God just turned the whole situation around. If you go to the next fall yearbook is what I'm talking about, the yearbook yeah, yeah. For University of Georgia, you yeah. will find a full page photo in that yearbook of my wife, Tex, holding a poster that says real peace is Jesus wow. <laughs> in the University of Georgia yearbook with the girl who was that we were given custody for that was a drug addict who got set free standing right behind her. And so uh, it was just really um, an amazing time. And, and God just did something. And, and I want to just say one thing real quick to what you said. And I think one of the reasons that this all happened, breaking out in different places, when revival comes, there's only one person who gets the glory. Mm, mm. And that's God. Amen. And so no institution, no organization, no ministry, no person could take credit for the Jesus movement. Wow. Only Jesus. Wow. And, wow. and so I and I and so I think that that's important for us to remember that when God gets ready to move, he's going to get the glory. That's right. And and I remember during that time, you know, Time magazine had an uh, it was it was on the cover of Time magazine, the Jesus movement, and it was a picture of Jesus. It wasn't <laughs> a picture of Arthur Blessed, it was a picture of Jesus. And you know, I, I've been saying recently in my life, uh, I've seen one other time where what I would call a spirit of anarchy and just rebellion and rioting, I, I, I've seen one other time like we're experiencing right now, and it was the 60s. Yeah. And I mean, the Afghanistan war, the Vietnam war, the rioting in the streets, the rioting in the streets of this last year, the, the racial tension was at an all-time high, just like it has been in the last year or so. And the parallels are pretty uncanny, aren't they, Sammy? And, and I think God is bringing us to desperation, uh, and, and we have an unprecedented number of people across the nation praying and crying out to God right now. Would you Do you see that? Yeah, you know, God's brightest stars always shine on the darkest nights. Wow. And so in this time of darkness, I believe that God is, is just moving and preparing us for a wonderful flood of his light Amen. to come in into the nation. And, and we could be on, and, I, and I've been feeling this for quite some time, that, that we are on the verge of, of God doing something great. And when God does something um, 
and, and we get desperate enough, um, mm. you know, to, to seek him with yeah. all of our hearts, then, um, then we, we, he's faithful. He will do it. Well, well I, I, what people don't understand at times, is God is more interested in accelerating his kingdom uh, work than we are. So he yeah. has everything to gain by that. And he hears the cries of his children. He, he's not trying to say, well, I've got them really confused now. You know, he wants to hear us cry out to him. And, and I think that's happening right now in unprecedented ways. Sammy, I, I, we love you so much. And we're so grateful to just hear this little snippet of the Jesus movement. And we're hearing, we're doing several weeks here on this with, with uh, reports from guys who were there. And, uh, you know, uh, another component of our One Cry initiative is a national prayer call that happens every Tuesday night. You can, people can be a part of that. We'll throw that up on the screen. But we're going to finish as we close here by listening to a prayer from one of the individuals that was on this prayer call as they prayed out Uh, cried out for revival on the college campus and across our nation. So, Sammy, thank you so much for being a part. And, uh, boy, let's God do it again. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bill. Great to be with you. Well, I I love Sammy Tippett. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, we don't have time on this podcast to tell how God has used him all over the world, and particularly in in countries where nobody was able to go, mm-hmm. and is still using him in extraordinary ways, yeah. and that the genesis of that was in he his life and and understanding of God was birthed in the Jesus movement. Yeah. What we we ought to pray that mm-hmm. God would raise up thousands of Samuel, right. tens Teachers, of thousands. Yeah. And we're going to pray right now. We always love to do this. We want you to join us, not mm-hmm. just listen. And uh, let's let's pray for for some more Sammy Tippets. Amen. All right, Lord, I ask uh, even now, uh, Lord, that you would send such an outpouring that you would raise up the next generation of sons and daughters that will lead in the faith for future generations, God. Mm. So a movement, Lord, I think of men like Bill, men like Sammy, Lord, men and women that have led in ways that have advanced the kingdom of God for decades now, but they had some moments in the Jesus movement, some moments that Mm -hmm. shaped them forever. And so, God, I ask for an outpouring of your manifest presence now Mm -hmm. so that you can shape us and future generations for that Mm -hmm. 18-year-old that will get, there'll be a freshman in college mm-hmm. and a real move of God. And he would say, I will give my entire life to preach the gospel of the Lord Amen. Jesus Christ yes. and pray like crazy, God. Yes. So for that young lady that will give her life to go to some unreached people group mm-hmm. and share the good news of Jesus until you come, mm-hmm. until you come. So, Lord, please move in such a way that shapes the future of our faith. That's right. And Lord, we, we just think of how. Uh, 50 years now from the Jesus movement in the early 70s that so many of the leaders across our nation have this passion and this sense. And Lord, 50 years from now, where will be the next generation of leaders? Lord, we don't want to 
have leaders who have not experienced the manifest presence of God. So for your sake and the sake of your kingdom, would you come Mm. to shape the next generation of leaders? Mm. And would you come to bring us back to you? Lord, we pray for a movement of repentance, a, a, a unified movement of desperate crying out to you in prayer. And Lord, we thank you because we see that happening right now all around our nation. And uh, Lord, help us not to miss it. Help us to cooperate aggressively with your movement right in our city, right in our prayer groups, right in our church, right in my neighborhood. (laughs) And and Lord, when you come in greater manifestations, Uh, we're just going to give you praise Mm. because it's all of you and we love you and we look forward to your, your activity in the days ahead in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. And, uh, again, don't miss the third part of this little series on the Jesus movement. We'll see you next week.